Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. You are tuned in listening to United to the Moose. This is the Cinematic Odyssey. Uh, I'm here joined by the ever so magnanimous co-host, Max. But we have a special guest on the show. She's been on the show before for, um, I believe it was the... It was the Tar episode. Uh, tar episode. Yeah, the Tar episode. Um, my girlfriend, Mackenzie, the best person in the world. Aww. No bias. <laughs> um, yeah, she's going to be joining us here on the on the episode. We're going to be talking about a film that I want to say, I mean, at least within the film community, is, is quite renowned. Um, but I don't know beyond that if, like, general audiences know about this film existence. Maybe if they do, they probably haven't seen it. But this is the Brazilian masterpiece piece masterwork magnum opus from fernando meireyes if i'm saying that correctly this is ciudad de dios or city of god came out in the year of our lord 2002 i mean where where can i begin to to, to even describe how great this is you know i, I don't even know where to begin I'm sure neither of you can either, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, first impressions uh, for you, Max, because Mackenzie, I, we've seen it already. This is our second time watching it. So, you know, I want to hear what you, you got to say. I'll be honest here. I don't know what I was expecting. In the beginning, I was like just really, really entertained with the chicken. And I was like, okay, this is neat. I do really love uh, a lot of the jump cuts to the chicken. The, the quick camera work, and I'm like, okay, I wonder if this chicken is going to be a major power player later on in the film. Sadly, no. However, th I think that this is one of the best films that I've seen ever, not just in the year. And when, when I say best, I don't just mean with, like, the the subject matter and theme being, like, solid and and having significant meaning as well as being executed well. I mean, everything from the story to how it's how it's told to the imagery to the cinematography to the amount of cuts and how they piece together and tell this story is just... I mean, not only is it really well done, it's like everything that I love in film and that has worked out for me. Um, and that has has really, you know, stuck with me and, and made me happy and enjoy this stuff. So it was kind of just like paradise to just sit back and watch this happen because it was really cool. Uh, and yeah, I do believe that this is one of my top films ever. I mean, holy cow. Wow, that's, uh, that's crazy. And if I may... I, what was that? No, no. I I said that's crazy. I didn't. I wouldn't. I wasn't expecting you to to feel this strongly about it. I I I wasn't either. If you if I'm gonna be completely honest, but I I it kind of just you know reels you in. Like you're not. I'm not. I wasn't expecting it, and it just kind of. Well, now I'm in this, and like it's it's framed as sort of like this, this series of short stories. Um, it that works so well for me. Like, there's so many characters, there's so many faces, there's so many names. 
It all stuck in my head. So it was efficient storytelling, well done. Um, everything was able to be, you know, connected very clearly. And it, it worked for me. And I, I do want to answer for my uh, Letterboxd review uh, in which I use an expletive uh, to, what's the word, demean uh, one of Tristan's number one top films of all time, uh, La In, in that th- I think that City, God, City of God is better. Uh, like, I mean, yeah, La In's good. This is better. <laughs> this is way better. <laughs> That's yeah. all I've got. <laughs> I'm tapped out. Yeah, no, I disagree, but whatever. <laughs> I'm in the minority. It's okay. He is. He is in the minority. I will say, I. One thing about me, I'm a notorious um, sleeper during movies. I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. but you know traditionally the time we have to watch movies is is late at night um usually you know 10 o'clock that's that's when i hit my wall it's very hard for me to stay awake i this this movie is not that short either and i was entertained the entire time from start to finish it never lets you go and i just I I don't have enough words to describe how great this movie is, except to say that everybody needs to watch it for themselves. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and we saw it. We saw it with a couple of friends too when we we saw it for the first time, and dude, we were all like just rowdy just watching <laughs> it. We were all like reacting, and it was so fun to watch watch mm-hmm. it uh, in a group because like this is something that. It's certainly because you know the things that you see, like go down in this film, are just some of the most shocking, but also revealing things about you know society. I know society, but still, I mean, it's a very political film. Yep. Um, but like, it's real. It's actually real. I mean, this stuff happens. Um, even though it seems so outlandish and so crazy, but it does. And this is like a, a daily existence for all, for these people living in the, in the slums of uh, Rio de Janeiro um, to this day. And yeah. that's horrible. That's horrifying. It's horrible that, that these people are subjected to this existence for pretty much their whole lives. Um, yeah. And this film does a, a brilliant job of dissecting <clears throat> the different factors of why that is um, and kind of the environment that breeds this extremely violent, like extremely violent, uh, these extremely violent outcomes. Because uh, there's one character who's like the antagonist. His name's, or at first, Lil Dice, and then he becomes little Zay. we'll we'll get into that but he's like evil personified pretty much like he's a personification of evil and it's crazy to watch his character like on screen um do the things that he does yeah but yeah i mean 
to start off the film uh it begins yeah with the as you mentioned like a chicken kind of running away from a group of kids with guns uh and then we we meet our main character rocket who is a photographer and then he does this little like monologue where he's kind of caught in between the the fight between uh these kids of the slums and the the cops and the the ever warring tension between the two of them although that isn't to say that there's like territorial gang wars that is most certainly an occurrence as we you know see later in the film but you know rocket he's kind of caught in between it and all of that and so it's pretty clearly established like we're gonna watch this kid uh for the entire film and like although it, it the film does like take the focus away from him at times and goes into other characters that are important to his life and like the greater like story at, at large um during his during his life um but yeah i yeah. mean it's beautifully uh beautifully well made and all that but yeah you're gonna say something what what i'll say about that is like it's it's it is about him but it's not completely about him and the fact that he's able to i mean we can we can draw parallels that we want from the fact that he's a photographer who will sell his photos to the paper to tell a story and help uh, the news be told um to the fact that he's going by and tell going backwards and telling the stories of how these people got to where they are and how the the situation is that we can end up with the um the chicken running through the market and the standoff between um little zay's uh gang and the and the police um and that like going back and adding that context and that not the non-linear storytelling to make sure that every little image and every little scene and every little action uh, is justified and has proper um you know cause and effect attributed to it it, it truly spectacular and i do i, I think that the non-linear storytelling is one of the reasons that i really love it um because one of my favorite books catch 22 also non-linear storytelling it bounces from forward to the past to 43 to 44 to 45 and backwards again and the fact that we can you know connect all of this these fragmented stories to basically say oh, what if this was just like a series of journal articles that he's writing with the photographs that he's taken or something like that. I really, really like the uh, the symbolic um, things that we can draw just from how how the story is told, not just you know what the story is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, you have anything bad to that or not? Yeah, I will say. I feel like that is the one thing, even the first time watching it, nothing is left. You don't have questions about anything. You know, it is so full, so comprehensive and so expansive. But that's really hard to do. You know, that's not easy to jam pack a whole life, a whole story, a whole because 
well, I don't know if we get there that, but there, there is, you know, like you said, this really happens. This is, this is historical and it's just, uh, so masterfully done. And so, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah, I mean, like, uh, like you mentioned, um, it's not just about Rocket because there's a mm-hmm. bunch of other people involved in this, this particular period of time in the city of God, as they refer to multiple times, the, the slums. Um, cause we, we get a, cause we kind of, we start our story in the sixties where the, the area is kind of being built up from the ground, ground up quite literally where it's, you know, unpaved roads, there's no electricity, all the houses literally look the same. Um, it's basically like impoverished suburbs, essentially. Yeah. Uh, with no infrastructure. <laughs> it, it's not um, the, yeah, it's not the McMansion suburbs. It's the um, sheet metal shack suburbs. Yeah, the sheet metal shack suburbs. Yeah, in Brazil. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, all of the people there that live there are, are like, lower class like the working poor none of them yeah all of them have most of them have are like refugees i believe or something like that like the the brazilian government moved a ton of people there from other parts of brazil i forget what the reason was they say it in the film but i i forget i forget what the reason was but yeah, there's just a bunch of like outcasts essentially living there, and it's just a bunch of poor people, uh, marginalized groups in in Brazil, uh, mostly mostly black uh, Brazilians, and you know we're we we get this very uh, good sense of community that these people have, because in the beginning of the film we're introduced to the the quote unquote tender trio, which involves rocket's older brother um and then two other dudes by the name of shaggy and clipper um and they rob they rob like gas trucks that pass through the the town uh, and they give out the gas to all the all this the people that live there for free um and and whatnot but they were plan they planned on doing a big heist so they can move out of there. And then we get in, in, in we get uh, introduced to our antagonist, Little Dice, who is a kid at this point. He's probably like, what, like 10, 9? Gotta be 10. He's like... I'm, I'm spending time around like 10, 12-year-olds. He's about 10 or 12. Yeah, he's young. He's young. And this kid... You know this kid. He's he's pretty pretty bossy. He very confident of himself. Uh, he clearly wants to be a, a hood, as they call each other. So it's like you know the people that do crime. They're they're quote unquote called hoods, and then people who don't do crime, they're like workers or just like students or whatever. Um, so they're kind of just like left untouched. But you know we get this we get this picture of the police that (laughs) i mean it's realistic but it's like so brutal they're like so overtly brutal it makes like american police look like (laughs) 
cupcakes. Like child's toys. <laughs> like make make him look like uh I don't know. What's a I can't I can't think of a good analogy, but yeah, the, the cops in this film are insane. They're insane. Almost cartoonishly violent. Yeah. Like it's real. Yeah, it, it is one hundred percent real. And like in America, we we talk about you know the 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 still too many, but notably or like co- comparably few instances of you know racially motivated killings or killings of of people while on duty of innocent people while police are on duty. And then when it comes to this film and like and it, I'm gonna put investigating crime in the biggest air quotes possible because there's no investigating crime it's we heard you did this thing and then i'm gonna shoot at you if you die you die like like, they're literally gta cops and for those that that aren't familiar with that you know the popular video game series grand theft auto like cops on that game shoot on sight doesn't matter what you do they shoot on sight like you all you like in the in GTA Five, you all you have to do to get sorry get shot at, shot at by the cops, just stand by them, like just stand and do nothing, just stand there, and after like a minute or two, they'll start shooting you. <laughs> That's like how these cops operate in this film. Due process, who? <laughs> it's like so. It's so comical, but it's like wow. That's crazy. It's crazy. Um, and so, you know, these people live in that terror daily. They live in that fear of, like, the police and law enforcement every day of their lives. They're like, okay, we can't do, we can't do anything. And then they're also corrupt, so, you know, you got people paying them off. So, you know, they can do crimes uh, all willy-nilly. As long as they're getting paid, oh, we'll turn a blind eye. It's no problem. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the police are laughable uh laughable in this film and i mean it's reality it was, I, i'm i'm pretty sure it's probably the same way to this day in brazil i wouldn't be surprised if it isn't i would be surprised if it isn't um but yeah um but what but what to get, what i was getting at those you know little dice he is he's something He's something. <laughs> a sociopath, for sure. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. could you could most definitely define him as one. Conservatively a sociopath. <laughs> I I does does the word Mackenzie, does the word bloodthirsty work for you? That that works. Yes. Yes. Is isn't his solution to like literally everything? Oh, I'll just kill him. Yeah, because that's all he knows. That's what he grew up in. That's what he saw from his examples. And is you got I a mean, problem? Here's a gun. Somewhat, but that, but the environment, the violence he grew up in, mm-hmm. only exacerbated his bloodthirst, oh, okay. if you will. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like you know, he he also he wants respect. That's something core to his character. Is his ever like? I mean, it destroys him. But his uh, 
his quest, his un unquenching thirst for ultimate respect from everyone. He wants to be feared and respected by everyone in the slums. Um, it doesn't matter who it is. He wants to be known as the king, the god, so to speak, of the city of God. And you know, it's it's interesting too. I mean, the the it's funny that it is called colloquially known as the city of God, and it's such like a godless place. <laughs> there is so much yeah. going on. It's like a constant war zone that every day people are dying. You know, it's like nothing good happens in in this place. Um, and. I I mean I don't really know I don't really know what to make of that why it is called that or why it started to be called that back in like you know when when this place was built in the 50s or whatever um I know the film kind of has like s sort of an explanation cuz there's like narration throughout um but yeah I don't know it, it's an interesting point i guess to talk about here's what I, I have found a little bit about it and it's interesting it's like a it was it's almost like a the creation of this place is almost like a pr move not really uh, one for the benefit of anybody besides the city of rio um it was part of a policy to systematically remove slums from the center of rio de janeiro and resettle everybody outward so that they weren't right in the center of the city. Instead, they're just chilling. So they just moved all the poor people on yeah. the outskirts of the city. Pretty much. Um, as of wow. 2000, as of 2000, uh, 38,000 people lived there. In the city of God? Yep. Wow, that's a lot. Dang. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. And yeah, they're like living in this existence every day. It's horrible. Yeah. And the Brazilian government doesn't do anything about it. They don't care. It's poor people. Why would they care? I mean, well, that was horrible. I I mean, I I should rephrase. Their their government. I, I mean, well, they had an election recently, where uh, Jair Bolsonaro lost. I think so. he was like he was like a pretty much like a he's a far right political leader. So obviously he he didn't he wasn't going to care about them. But I think uh, the person that they elected is cares more about uh, poor people than Bolsonaro. But point is is like obviously uh, the the Brazilian government has never even attempted to try to lift all these people out of poverty. Like they haven't even attempted to do anything about it. They've just like yeah. relocated them. Like okay, go over there. Leave the the rich folks alone. Like yeah. take your take your mess over there. <laughs> like shoot. It's so bad. It's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't solve a problem. It just um makes the other problems worse. Yeah. And it I'm, isolates yeah, and it and it's isolating it's isolating them away from everything else. Uh because it's like, you know, you got people constantly dying. You got so many, you got drugs in there like crazy. It's just an, yeah, it's an absolutely horrible place to live in. 
poverty is rampant. There's just nothing good going on. Yeah. Um, and it's like these people are neglected. They're neglected. And this is the result of that uh, um, neglect is this constant cycle of violence. And it's very clear. And not only are they neglected, they're actively like preyed upon by the state, by the, the police, you know, the... Yeah. The the state's monopoly on violence as the the acting arm of the the police law enforcement upon these people. I mean, I I don't know how much of this you thought of while y'all were watching this, but something that was going through my head as as it progressed was how much worse could it get? Like how bad could this get? And then all of a sudden, it just gets worse and worse and worse. You're like, okay, this is fine. Oh, it's just a bunch of robbery. Oh, no, it's just a lot of murder. Okay, okay, it's just a lot of murder. Oh, well. Oh, good, it's police brutality and chases and and more murder. Okay, cool. No, it can't get much worse than that, right? Oh, it's sexual assault and uh, more murder, this time unintentional. Um, okay, that's gotta be the worst thing that happens in this movie, right? Oh no, that's a really big gun. Talk about so many more murders, all for the reason of just doing random stuff. Like, it's just, it gets senseless, and you, I, I kind of was just like, okay, that guy's just dead. I, I, I wasn't phased by the gunshots anymore, it was bothering me. Like, uh, and, and and the the fact is, it ends with like ten year olds with guns being like, "Ah, oh, we'll just kill them all. We'll just kill whoever we want." <laughs> oh yes, it is the never ending series of very, very, very unfortunate events. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> literally everybody me. involved in the film. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. With the exception of one character, I'd say, at the end. Yeah, Rocket. Rocket, yeah. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, but before we get into, like, the, the 70s, 80s era, so Lil Dice, he's hanging out with the Tender Trio, and they he comes up with an idea to rob a motel. And they all agree. So they give him a gun to wait out to like be a watch for the cops, and um, so he's a little he's a little offended by that. He's like, I wanna I wanna help out. I wanna do the robbery. I wanna do the robbing. So the three the three main dudes they go inside. They rob everybody. They don't kill anyone, mind you. They don't shoot a thing. They don't shoot a person. They just you know intimidate them and then they steal their money and leave. And then they they hear a gunshot because they told Dice to shoot the window in case the cops were coming. So they hear that, so they run away. One of them looks for little Dice. They can't find him, so they just dip. Uh, later we find out, and mind you, we see shots of all these people dead now. Everyone in there is dead. They all died. Got shot. Mind you, when I saw that for the first time, I was like, oh, dude, the cops killed him. Me to too. Frame, frame 
to frame mm-hmm. the, the 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 three dudes that robbed it. Me I mean, too. that was literally the first thing that came to my head. Mm-hmm. But little did I know, little did we know that we find out that Lil Dice, a uh, eight year old, ten year old, killed everyone, and not only killed everyone, mag dumps him and smiles while doing it. The smile is the creepiest thing you will see. And my, I can I just add the child acting in this movie is like phenomenal. Like, yeah. where did they get these children? It is scarily good. Uh, you know, you get chills through your spine watching that scene because it's just wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my. Uh, I was speechless. I mean, we all were. We were like, "Huh, what, dude? What? This kid's a Our, demon." Yeah, and the director said he was looking for really unknown um, actors for every single role. Uh, the one who was well, who got well known, was the guy he had picked for Carrot, and he really wanted the part. So he's like, "I promise, I'm gonna just disappear into this role. They won't even know it's me." And he actually moved to the city of God and lived there for three months. Why? Uh, in preparation for his role. Wow! No way! Wow! I mean, in case you haven't seen it, which if you haven't seen the movie and you're listening to this episode, why are you still here? Watch the yeah, movie. Go watch it. Um, watch it. The carrots. One of the. Uh, drug dealers of of he's got his own little territory he's the um i guess we could call him like the second largest drug dealer in the area um mm. but yeah. he, he the, the actor lived in the city of god for three months which is insane that's insane that's crazy so prepare to, to be to act in this that's crazy so that means like all of the actors then come like lived in the city of god then not all of them, but they're all relatively unknown actors, is the point. Uh, There's no yeah. big movie star. There's no big Brazilian movie star who who's playing one of these characters. It's not like Morgan Freeman is playing one of these fathers or older brothers or something like that. Yeah. Like a young Michael B. Jordan. No, it's unknown yeah. folk. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, that adds to that authenticity of it, most definitely. It's like that... Um sort of neo-realist in that way um cinema verite kind of like documentarian almost because i mean the way that it's shot too there's a lot of handhelds there's a ton yeah. of handhelds um no no steady cam so there's you know there's a lot of shaking going on with the, with the with the 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 shots yeah and also too we we get a good like look of the the slums themselves because we don't really often see outside of brazil like outside of the city of god in the film the only times we kind of see outside of it is the beach where it's like super serene like literally the direct contrast to the city of god it's like serene beautiful peaceful like just overall like pure joy and elation like there is nothing bad happening here. It's the beach, and I think that's like the only time we kind of see outside of of the city of God. And um, 
and it's like you know we yeah we never get a we can never get a look out of uh, in other parts of rio than that he, he said yeah. something. i don't know um but yeah the way that it's shot definitely adds to this um very kind of grounded it's it's grounded filmmaking most definitely and like to say you know as i mentioned last week with uh the hype up for this film there's a lot of energy to it uh with the directing and the editing like dude they these the the, the crew the director and the editor they went ham on this they went crazy on this film with the the various different editing techniques the way that they played with angles uh for the camera um and stuff like that they were having so much fun making this film you could tell um and it and it has a lot it has a lot of like scorsese influence to it obviously with with the kind of thelma schoonmaker like very fast like hard edits that we you know she's very famous for in the goodfellas uh you kind of see that here uh, in this film but there's like a, it's it's kind of unique to there's there's something unique to the city of god where uh the film steps away from the influence i mean it wears it on its on its sleeve pretty proudly but it, it's like it's not like ripping it off you know it's it's feels refreshing to watch um and and yeah so uh, the yeah. the film visually is like impeccable i would say i would agree yeah um, oh yeah and, and yeah that that's yeah when nor you say something no now is not the time well i mean i i did find numbers um just on for context uh estimate estimates from um University of Illinois in Chicago um, say that the United States law enforcement across the country of 300 million plus people, uh, more than 600 people are killed by law enforcement each year. That is their data. That is their estimate. For reference, in Brazil in 2022, 6,000 people were killed by police. So, in case you're doing the math at home, that's ten times as many people killed by the police in Brazil. That's insane. That's insane. What the heck? The exact number that is had uh, is 6,430, which increased by 4.8% compared to 2021. That's horrible. Jeez Louise. That's insane. Yeah. Dang. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, you don't have you don't have to like, you know, prove somebody did it if you just kill them. And I mean, they don't. Uh, like, I mean, the corruption in this movie is bananas. And the fact that it's real is just so, so sad. Like, I mean, 
even the arms dealer who's supplying guns to Little Z at the end is getting given the arms and giving, given money and is being paid off by the cops. Like, the cops are literally funding this gang warfare. Yeah, yeah. That's... That yeah, was... Yeah. That what messed with my head so much. <laughs> <laughs> because that, it's just so diabolically evil. It's like... It's like the cops are thinking, hey, we'll just let them take each other out. We don't have to do anything. That's probably literally what they got. Especially that guy. That guy is like, I hate all of these people. Let's just give them the guns and so they can kill each other. If we're gonna be a police state, why do we have to be the ones policing the police state? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. It's crazy. <laughs> you want to get into the rise? I'm sorry. The rise of, of Lil Z? Yeah. Little Z. <laughs> okay. So, you know, we find out Dice kills all those people in the motel, including the workers. Um, and then he's, like, gone from the slums for a period of time, and then he comes back. And he has a, he has a good friend, by the way, Benny. He's an important character that we'll, we'll get into. He's great. I love Benny. We all love Benny. We stand Benny in this house. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he comes back. He's loaded with cash. And um, um, what's his name? Rocket's brother. He's escaping the slums because the cops came because he, he had an affair where he had sex with uh, one of, like, the more respected people in he's like a business owner in the slums mm -hmm. he owns like a bar or whatever shorty by the name shorty he messes with his wife and uh he finds out he literally walks in on them with the shovel no less he he freaking rocket's brother jumps out the window escapes the cops show up uh later a couple days later cuz shorty kills his wife Kills his Very wife. Alive. Kills his mm -hmm. wife. Or, or, yeah, well, she dies. She dies directly due to him. So, you know, she kills him, or he kills her. Uh, <laughs> and, like, in the moment, too, it's like, it's so crazy that he literally starts hitting her with the shovel. Like, that's it's insane. Horrible. It's horrible. Big gas. Uh, were had in the Clark household. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he, the neighbor calls the cops because they what they smelled something or something, whatever. And then the cops show up. Shorty gets caught, and then the tender tree are like trying to escape. Although one of them went to the church, so he's out of the picture. He's like alive at this point, so we never see him again. Clipper. Uh, we see Shaggy trying to leave with his girlfriend. Shaggy dies tragically as he tries to escape um, because Shorty ratted him out. Um, and then, and that shot, that like wide shot of him running across the slums is so beautiful. So beautiful. 
that's probably Tragic. yeah this, yeah that's probably my favorite shot in the entire film is just him wa running away from the cops while he's getting shot at uh and then we see sh um rocket's brother he tries to leave he runs into little dice little dice uh kills him uh and smiles doesn't <laughs> Crazy. I mean, it's insane. It's insane. Uh, and then he sells his he sells his soul to the devil. It's some voodoo dude or whatever, and becomes Lil Z, and he wears an amulet that protects him. So he is the epitome of evil. <laughs> yeah. But then we get that lovely, lovely dichotomy to say, oh, by the way, they're both people with him and Benny and their relationship is like a rub because Benny is the the empathy side of everything. And he's like, no, we don't have to kill everybody. We can we can be like, hey, he's good for it. We'll let him come back and live another day and everything will be fine. And then there's the little Z side, which is how dare you? I'll kill you where you stand. And, I mean, obviously oversimplified right there, but the, the, the contrast between the two of them and, like, Little Z almost always listens to Benny. Like, he, it's that little, that positive, it's the good angel on his shoulder who's able to tell him uh, what not to do and, and how to... Um, you know, not become the worst person ever. But he needs him there. Yeah. Because if he doesn't have Benny there, he's going to become a tyrant. He doesn't know how to do it. He, it's his one friend. He's not attractive enough to get girls. He's not. He, he uses brute force and power to rule over everybody. And so it's not... Like, he needs the charisma there to, like, have people want to be near him. And then, just as he's about to leave, um, Benny's going to leave with... It was Angelica, right? Mm-hmm. Angelica. Who Rocket was interested in, but uh, uh, Benny swooped in mm -hmm. and was like, uh-uh, you're with me. <laughs> But he's getting ready to leave and, 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 and leave the city of God and be his own person and kind of escape the cycle of poverty until, nope, accident, uh, killed by a stray bullet, or at least a misaimed bullet. Yeah, because some, was that kid uh, involved in the runs? Or somebody else. That was um, Blackie, one of the other dealers. Oh, was that was Blackie? Yeah. Oh, because okay, he sense. goes to Carrot, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you're right. dude, I think I screwed up." And Carrot says, "Yeah, I think you did screw up." Kills Blackie, and then it's a two-man kind of deal that just erupts into a turf war. Mm -hmm. Very, very West Side Story, might I add. <laughs> Except with 
serious police brutality and cycle of poverty and gang warfare. <laughs> oh, man. Not based on Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, meanwhile, we watch this go down. I mean, Rocket's kind of in the background. He's doing, he's working at like a, like at a newspaper. Um, and he's like trying to, he's a photographer. He's trying to get that hobby down uh, and like try to get a better camera, but he doesn't really have money to do so. And yeah. What's funny about that is he makes various attempts to get money um the way you know everybody else has been getting money by stealing you know um robbing whatever it may be and he just does not have the heart to do it he encounters various people various situations that he could um rob them or kill them you know but he every time chooses not to um and it's just interesting the the dichotomy and watching the whole city of god through um his eyes whenever we get a chance and um i don't know it's really cool oh yeah and then i like his character yeah yeah he's great but then he also tries to do the the honest living part and gets a job and works at a supermarket but mere association with people who do steal Puts him out of a pension and puts him out of severance pay. <laughs> out of a job. He gets, fired. <laughs> he gets fired. He gets fired from mere association with people who, who steal. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, there's a group of kids called the Runs. They're like, dude, they're young. They're mm. They're like, dude, one of them's gotta be like four. <laughs> they suck so much, but you're one, probably one right. One of them's gotta be that young. I mean, I come was... on. Yeah. Dude, there's no not not a single one of those kids is over the age of ten. There's no way. These kids are young. Like these are literal children, toddlers. Dude, they're babies. And like, dude, they're smoking joints. You know, I'm like, okay, that's that's pretty bad. But at least they're not killing anyone. And then we see them steal, like chicken from like some dude's honest like shop. He's selling yeah. bomb chicken, like, dude, that chicken looked fire. And then they, like, trash his store. Like, what are you guys doing? He didn't do anything. Like, that's some, le- those are, like, the le- the last people you mess with are honest, honest working people. Like, don't, they're not involved with any of the violence, any of the drugs. Like, just leave them alone. And they're, and they're such bullies. They're such bullies. And then, um, you know, Lil Z, he gets word of this. And he's upset because at this point he's killed off all the drug dealers except for Carrot. And the reason why is because Carrot's friends with Benny. Benny's like, don't kill Carrot, you don't need to, whatever. And you know, so he has all this power on the like the the eastern side of the, the, the slum. And, you know, it gets word of the, the runts, you know, kind of terrorizing the town. And he's like, all right, I got to do something about this. I got to protect the people. One of the, the, the single, the one single good thing that came up from little Z coming to power was like the innocent people kind of being unscathed by all this violence (laughs) in in a way, like it's ironic how that works out, but yeah, he, 
him coming to power without no warring warring factions that kind of happens uh where innocent people are kind of spared by the the potential violence of of territory warfare but um you know he hears word of of the runs causing a ruckus and he's like all right i need to kill these kids that's like the it's like the first thing that comes to mind i need to kill these fools <laughs> dude they're children um and we haven't seen him kill anyone yet yet oh spoiler yet. alert yeah yet dun, dun, dun. um <laughs> so you know lil z catches them hanging in a corner and he he holds two of them back and you know by the way the names of all these characters are hilarious we got steak and fries <laughs> aristotle um you know rocket uh well, one of them is like actually, well, a couple of them are like three people, like four people are named real names, like Tiago and Benny yeah. and uh, Angelica. So, Tiago, like, sorry, by the way, I call him a knockoff Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I could think about during the film. Just had that's, to put it in there. That's so accurate. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's got the 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 ginger ginger Timothy, ginger yep. Timothy, <laughs> ginger Timmy, redhead Chalamet. <laughs> he does look like him. He does kind of. I mean, not entirely, but he kind of does. The scene where they're riding on the bikes, him and Benny are uh, riding on the bikes, reminds me of a little "Call Me by Your yeah. Name" moment. Yeah, most definitely. Dude, I can't unsee it. Either. I can't. I can't unsee the resemblance. It's crazy. Anyways, we got off track, but that scene, that that scene where uh, Lil Zay, Lil Dice holds up. Oh the yeah, kids. he holds up the two kids from the runs. One of them's like three years old, and then the other kid's like six or seven. Like they're young, and it, Lil Z, like in a way to punish them for their crimes or whatever. He's like, "All right, you get to choose what appendage I shoot." the hand or the foot <laughs> and they're crying you know their little kids are crying and then they say the hand he shoots their feet and then he hands the gun to steak and fries who's also a young kid like 10 12 maybe um and he's like here you gotta kill one of them you choose which one you kill just like that like that just like that both of them are crying. Both the kids are like, like tearing, bawling out. Like it's horrifying to watch. It feels so yeah. real. I mean, kudos to the to the child actors, especially that one kid, the youngest one. I mean, oh my yeah. lord, dude! I thought it seemed like he actually thought he was gonna die. That's insane acting. I mean, that's crazy. And yeah. I, I was, I was, I was do, making sure to do some more research into that. They were all, everybody was untrained, and they were all locals from the city of God. In That's fact, so impressive. In fact, the guy who ends up playing little Z, adult Lil Z, what did not audition. He showed up to support a friend who was auditioning. And was immediately offered uh, the part. What? 
And he is he, incredible. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. What the? Yo, wow. I mean, That's there crazy. there are bits, there are bits of of, of stories where they 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 talk about uh, Goose actually bullied um, the child who played Little Dice um, on set. Really? And so th- they harbor this like intense dislike for each other. Well, when we get to the point where, you know, they end up killing him. I mean, how about that? Yeah. Wow. That's so amazing. Yeah. Wow. Dang. Yeah, because I think, I mean, on being on set for this film, I mean, man, what a experience that must have been, you know? Like, being a bit, being able to be... Like to have the the honor to to say like I was involved in the making of one of the greatest films ever, uh, probably the best Brazilian film ever made. Uh, I mean I haven't seen many Brazilian works, but <laughs> I know that's like easy to kind of just say out there like this is probably the best one. I mean it's one of the best. That's that's definitely true. But um, but like yeah, man, that's crazy. But yeah, I mean, those child actors were on another level. Uh, yeah, and so Steak and Fries kills the other kid because he was basically being peer pressure. He didn't want to do it. He was crying himself. He was, like, losing his mind. He was like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this, but I have to because if I don't do this, I'm probably going to die or whatever, you know, or, like, get bullied. Um, and it's like, dude, it's like, yeah, it's like, it breathe. It's that needless, need net unnecessary, needless cycle of violence that is just perpetuated upon these kids day in and day out by older older kids and and what they see. And it's like, why are why are like five year olds like wanting to kill other people like that? Why? Like that is that what is wrong? What's going? What 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 happened here? What went wrong here? Because that fundamentally should not be a thought that a child has at that age, or no child should have that thought. You know, like what happened? You know, <laughs> I mean, the crazy thing is we can kind of follow the the train of action back which again is just a really really tight story and a really really well told narrative the you can follow it all the way back how do we get to these children making a a, a hit list uh before they start their own cartel and they're like 10 years old because of course that's what 10 year olds do they start cartels um <laughs> oh okay so Lil Z dies, so now they're looking for a new boss, so they get to do it. Why does Lil Z die? Oh, why does Lil Z die? Okay, they're in a turf war. Why are they in a turf war? Um, killing of Benny to be more um, opportunistic, get more money, get more more flow. Intended to kill Lil Z and and change the power dynamic in the in the city of God. Well, why does that happen? Well, he's gaining control and he's he's building up this empire. Why is he building up this empire? Well, uh, he got rid of the Tender Trio. How did he get rid of the Tender Trio? Well, he goes into the motel and he kills a bunch of people. Why did he go into the motel and kill a bunch of people? Well, 
He was getting picked on. He wasn't being included. He wanted to be a hood. He wanted to be part of this this rough and tumble lifestyle uh, and and this this law breaking life, uh, and wasn't allowed to because he was too little or whatever. And he was like, "I'll show them." But then, how do they find this lifestyle? Well, they uh, Goose and, and, and Shaggy and Clipper. How do they find that? Well, it's necessity almost. Mm-hmm. Goose, like Goose and Rocket's dad, they he works, but it's not enough. I mean, obviously, Cause like, yeah, because I mean, like at the very beginning of you know these these people are impoverished, so their material conditions are like at zero pretty much and you know they don't really have any economic opportunities in that area that they live in and you know they're probably dis- uh, discriminated against beyond just being poor you know th- there's the th- them being black i don't know if i'm sure there's like racial um racial discrimination in brazil but i'm not i'm not entirely sure but uh you know the these these people that are born in this situation they don't know anything other than this and so like any way to like make any money and to potentially get out of this situation is to to rob steal be thieves or you know the other opportunity the other option is like work but like even then you know their parents work but they're still in that same situation you know, they could, like, no amount of work is going to get them out of there. Unless they, like, win the lottery or something. Yeah. Uh, So it's, like, it's a helpless situation. And and so these kids that are the very, the, the trailblazers, so to speak, for for being thieves, they may not kill anyone, but then you got the younger generation, they're like, oh, let's, let's, yeah, I want to do that, but you know, what if we kill a few people here and there? That's okay. And then the next generation's like, "Oh, that's cool. What if we take it a step further?" And then it just like escalates generation by generation, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then it gets to like infighting, where now they're warring against each other, and and it just makes everyone's life a living hell. Um. And yeah, it's 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 insane how that like develops and we see that development while I'll be a quick, very quick development in this film. Uh, you know, that that's probably kind of how it went down and over the course of several decades. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. The amount of ground that is covered in this film, the fact that it's two hours is shocking. Like, it's two hours. Spends 12 years, introduces you to about 30 characters, makes them important, makes them relevant, gives them full arcs and and life stories and reasons for why they are who they are, and ends the stories for them. I mean, maybe not, like, happily, but... Purposely. I guess. Mm-hmm. And, oh boy, do I love it. Yeah. I mean, I was getting glimpses of After Sun um, just based on having seen After Sun first. 
uh, with the um, there's two spots in the middle. I think it's both with the killing of Benny at his party and the the sexual assault. The flashes mm-hmm. in and out. We only get part of the action. We only get part of the scene. Flash, dark, flash, dark. Ah! <laughs> See, that was really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that it was looked really familiar to me. And I was wondering why it looked familiar to me. And after Sun, yes. No, that's true. Damn. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think about that, honestly. I just thought, ooh, strobe lights. Cool. cool. <laughs> It's like, ooh, cool. So simple. So simple. It looks cool. Oh, man. And poor Benny, dude. He Man was gonna live with Angelica, move to a farm. Smoke some. Smoke some pot. Yeah. You know, live as hippies and kind of just chill yeah. out. And then poor guy was shot and killed. He yeah. wasn't even meant to be killed. And it's right. like, dang, it's like, dang, man. It's like even the innocent ones are, like, not even yeah. safe. I mean, what about Shaggy? Like, he's got, he's about to escape as well with with his girl, yeah. and they're they're going. And he has to push the car, yeah. and the cops are at him, and then they he's running and he can't catch up, and they keep shooting him. Yeah, yeah, and he's like trying to get out, and it's like you know. Most okay, I won't say most, but there are characters who morally I would say are not like bad. I mean, they do bad things, but I think it's out of a like a necessity, as we kind of established already. Like with uh, you know, with the tender trio where they're all poor, so they rob people to get money so they can get out. They have a they have a means to an end to their their crime. Because with the motel job, they're like, all right, we're going to get enough money so we can leave this place and not have to do any more crime ever. And that was the plan. Obviously, it was foiled and soiled by um, little Dice going on his killing rampage <laughs> and fulfilling his bloodlust. And that ruined that ruined all of their plans, except for one of them, uh, Clipper, who kind of, like, becomes a born again but we never see that we never see him again Preach. but like with shaggy you know with shaggy wanting to leave with his girlfriend be on a farm funnily enough be on a farm grow pot live his hippie <laughs> just like benny and then he gets shot he gets killed because the police are like oh my god it's him and poor dude is like dude just let me live my life <laughs> i don't want to do this anymore and he gets killed he gets killed. And it's like, dude, what? He didn't even kill those people. He didn't do any. He just stole their money. Which, I mean, it's it's bad. I mean, I'm not condoning stealing. Don't get me wrong. It's bad to steal. But I at least, I can understand. I sympathize where they're coming from. I get their pers- I get why they do that. You know, I'm not, like, mad or whatever. But it's like it's upsetting. It's sad that they are in that situation. That they have to resort to those things. They yeah. shouldn't have to. They they shouldn't be in that situation to begin with. Is is my point? Mm. None of these people should be. Right. Just uh, to recap this in from the cinematic odyssey. If given the choice between stealing and murder, steal. <laughs> Thank you. 
please steal. Don't murder anybody. Yeah, don't murder. No murders. <laughs> no gang don't wars. Either. Don't steal either. They're both bad. Choose the lesser evil, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you have to do one or the yeah. other, please don't murder. <laughs> <laughs> if you have to choose between one murder and a whole gang war, please make sure you don't find yourself in a situation where those are your only two options. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because we get, you know, we get interested in introdu- introduced to a character named Knockout Ned. Who, uh, he was in the military. He's done his time, whatever. He's working at a bus. He's impoverished. You know, he, he lives with his family in the, in the slums. And he's not involved with any of the violence. He's not involved in any of that. And he's a pretty cool guy. And then one day... He's walking. He's walking home, uh, with his girlfriend, little Z. This was after Benny died. I think this was the night of Benny's like going away party, right? It was. Yeah. Little Z runs into them. He sexually assaults in a very explicit manner. Knockout Ned's girlfriend, and not mm-hmm. in there forcing him to watch this too. By the way. <clears throat> And um, they leave them. He goes back to his house with his family. He's in shock. He's like mortified. He doesn't know how to live with himself anymore. And he was like, why didn't he kill him? Or why didn't he kill me? And then we cut to a shot of Lil saying, why didn't I kill him? <laughs> so they turn around, go to his house. They show him and his whole army show up at his house. They're all armed. They're all armed to the brim, to the teeth. He knock on Ned. He hears him shout. He's like calling him out. Ned's like, all right, I got to go out there. Ned's like younger brother goes outside with a knife in his back pocket. And um, he's like talking to Z and Lil Z's like, this doesn't concern you. Get out of my face. Just get your brother out here. And his brother begins to walk away, pulls a knife out, stabs Z, doesn't kill him. He gets mag dumped by everyone. And then everyone begins to shoot at the house. Dude, they just like unload every bullet they have at the house. Uh Ned's uncle gets killed in the in the ensuing fire. Uh the whole house is destroyed pretty much. Ned is like my brother and uncle have just died. I mean, what what is the point of living now, you know? And like at this point he goes to Carrot cuz Carrot is now getting targeted by Z cuz Benny's dead. So now that Benny's gone, Carrot's kind of like the odd man out cuz Z wants Carrot dead. And then Ned's like, "All right, can I I need your help, bro." We need to take care of this guy. We need to we need to kill this dude. This dude can't live anymore. And then then begins the entire war where literally every living being in that city is granted a weapon. Yep. <laughs> For the most menial things. Like one kid was he he walks up to Z and he's like, yo, uh one of Carrot's dudes like cussed at me or whatever insulted me can i have a gun yeah. and lil z gives him a gun just like that <laughs> it's like what dude 
And not only was he doing that, the carrots, carrot was doing the same exact thing, and it's like fueling this bonfire about to explode on everyone. And it's like, dude, what, what good? Nothing good is about is gonna come of this. It's like Christmas. Yeah, Christmas came early. Except the gift is death. The gift is death. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> oh, Lord. It's such a good... I don't remember us laughing this much during the Lion uh, episode. No, well, because it wasn't that violent. No one, well, no one died. That's true. Oh, no, someone I mean, does die. We, well, we don't see it on screen, but yeah. someone does die. Two-thirds of the main characters die. Yeah. Yeah, in this film, yes. Oh, it's. Um, I mean, in Lion. Oh, in Lion. Oh, oh. Well, yes, yes, yes. No, that's true. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I mean. Right. Yes, knockout Ned's oh, brother. That's right. I forgot about that. That's right. I I was just thinking of Abdul. In, you heard it here, folks. Oh my gosh, that's my favorite film ever. Too. This movie is so good that he forgot oh, his no. supposedly no. favorite movie, no, Lion. You didn't hear that. No one heard that. <laughs> I'm not uh, cutting Lion, it out. I do, prefer, I do prefer Lion over City God. Mm. All right, you know everyone. <laughs> Although City God is is up there, so I gotta actually put this in my top ten favorites. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, just for for visual, I mean, Knockout Ned's brother totally got the James Con treatment in The Godfather. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Just uh, there isn't there an old um like Marvel or DC superhero that's um Polka Dot Man. Yeah, Polka Dot Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guy, yeah, he's in the new Spider-Man film. That, Spider-verse. except he's um, except instead of polka dots, it's bullet holes. Yeah, yeah. He legitimately gets mag dumped by like fifty people at once. Yeah, it's, it's bad. like uh, it's like an Inglorious Bastards when, um, they shoot Hitler. That's that's how that is. That's <laughs> like how much he gets shot. <laughs> oh my nice. god. Yeah, um, God, and I mean the ending of him like kind of getting his start at the newspaper, uh, getting those photos developed, you know, having his first sexual. Uh, this is back to Rocket, having his first sexual experience with his coworker. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's like way old she's like two times his senior she's like in her 30s or like late 20s he's like what he's like 16 probably (laughs) that's okay it's brazil it's the it was the it was the 80s man hey it's not the worst thing we saw that's true i mean he consented to do it Sort of, but, but it's still, it's still, it's still bad. It's still bad, though. It's a good point. It's not good. It's not good. It's still bad. Um, but like, it isn't the worst thing we see go down. In fact, it's, it's like I treat it as like, wow, something good happened. <laughs> it's so bad. That's so much bad things happen in this movie. That that something like that is good. That's such a, like, like 
rooting for Rocket so hard. You're like, oh, thank God he gets a break from this violence. <laughs> oh, good, he gets laid. No, like this. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. But like, I love that he knows exactly where to go for the last image that he'll capture of the police and the money and Lil Z paying them off and, and to get the picture of Lil Z's, you know, mag-dumped corpse. corpse. Uh, like, he's smart. And and every character in this in this movie is smart, which is another thing that's really really good about it that I love. Because it's not like, oh, that guy was just an idiot, and of course this happened to him. How could he have not seen this coming? No, everybody is smart, manipulative, and just a wee bit psychotic. Um, makes it interesting. But the idea of getting, catching, the like having the wherewithal that during all the chaos to go and find the cops, knowing where they were going to go, and also to take that picture, I mean, damn. Yeah, that's a talented journal. That's like a talented photojournalist, right oh, there. Yeah. Hey, I joked, I joked because like we, you know, towards the end of the film, <laughs> we we meet the chicken again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're getting chased. So we have all this context. We have all the context now, leading up to the moment we saw at the beginning of the film. We know who we know everyone who's involved. You know all their stories. And um, you know we uh, we we come on. Um, yeah, we we come upon the moment where Rocket is caught between the cops and Lil Z's gang, and at this point, you know Rocket is fearing for his life because he took he did a photo shoot with Lil Z and his gang, uh, you know photos with the homies, and they, you know they're brandishing their guns, looking like terrorists, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like terrorists holding up their guns and stuff. That's a that's a great parallel. Yeah, actually. Um, and you know he he go yeah he gets them developed as we saw, and he's like terrified because he thinks Lil Z is gonna kill him because he was put in the newspaper. But you know, you know, as he learns that actually Lil Z was happy that he was in the newspaper. Well, for one, he can't even read. That's one. None of these people can read uh, in his gang, except for, like, Tiago, who doesn't even want to read because he's too lazy. He's too too stoned out to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, you know, he's like, oh, my gosh, Knockout Ned was in in the papers? No, 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 bro. I got to be in the papers. I got to be the one that's getting all this notoriety. I gotta be, I gotta be uh, famous. And so, you know, the the pictures in the paper that makes him happy. And so we we come upon the impasse, rocket in between 
him and the cops and you know the war has been going on between Lil Z and Carrot and uh you know Carrot and Ned knockout Ned at this point pretty much and so what then begins to ensue is Carrot Carrot and his gang out of nowhere just show up and start shooting up the place mm-hmm. the street and you know they're trying to hit Lil Z the cops just like drive away because they're like, you know, this this not even worth getting involved in. We'll just let them, you know, kill e- kill each other. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, <laughs> they literally just leave. <laughs> and then, um, you know, we watch Rocket, um, jump jump over this like this concrete wall or whatever cement wall. And then he becomes a war photographer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> so funny, but so bad. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, it's so comical, the things that's happening. It's like, what? There's no way this is real, right? And then, uh, you know, it is. But, I mean, if you want to be brutally honest, it's really just how is it possible to address the issue of gang violence like what what can you possibly do like i remember one of the lines one of the cops say as they're dragging um lil z out of the trunk of the cop car carrots already in there um they're handling their business uh, so to speak with lil z they're gonna they kill him over failure to pay his dues to them. They say to Carrot, you stay there, you're a present for the media. It's the merely for show, the presentational prize of, see, look, we got this gang leader, now there's not going to be gang violence anymore. Not understanding that there's going to be three more people who take his place, not realizing that the way to get rid of this is to either not have these people grow up surrounded by violence, needing violence to survive, or, you know, removing the guns from the equation, which they won't do because they're the ones who are supplying the guns in the first place. I mean, it's, it's kind of beautiful in a way how utterly horrible the police have made this neighborhood. It's 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 kind of impressive, actually. <laughs> we'll just we'll just kill you whenever we feel like you've done something wrong. We don't have to, you know, Proving. state a reason why. And you know, even if you didn't do something wrong, we'll still probably kill you. And then, oh, um. We'll also supply guns so you all kill each other so we don't have to kill as many of you. Like, I, you know, I can't. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm tapped out. It's just pure evil. Like, yeah. yeah. If that's not evil, what is? Mm-hmm. You want to talk about power is having the power to affect other people's lives? 
that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, you can say it any better. <laughs> Don, I'm going to keep ranting if we keep going. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, we, I guess the ending, I mean, you know, it's all at war. Rocket's taking his war. He's gone his war photographer arc in this short period of time. <laughs> and then he, yeah, he catches Lil Z giving the cops money for the guns that he got. Oh, yeah. The cops spare him. They leave him alone. The runts show up. Meanwhile, Rocket's taking photos. He's he's behind a wall. He's he's taking he's snapping some pics, some career defining pics, might I add. And <laughs> these runts, dude. These kids, dude. They mag dump him like crazy, dude. Dude, they they all have revolvers and they just bum bum bum. And I'm like, yeah, you know, he deserves that. <laughs> he does he deserves it? He does. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, actually, that reminded me of the Lion King. Actually, the uh, Lil Z's death. Mm-hmm. You know when Scar falls down the mountain, and then all the hyenas surround him, and they're all he's like, ah, oh, my friend. And then the hyenas eat him. I was thinking of um, if you watch the show The Wire, if you've heard of it or have seen it. Um, I was thinking of um, my favorite character. Um, what's his name? Omar. Omar, thank yes, you. Omar. I was thinking Lamar, as in Kendrick Lamar. Omar. 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 He has a very, very, very similar death. Sorry, spoiler. Yeah, major spoiler. Show. Oh my Sorry. god. Skip, skip, okay. skip. If you want to watch the show, go watch skip, the show. Skip, skip. Go watch the show, please. That's but the greatest show ever. Greatest show ever. Very reminiscent of that. Um, the whole show actually is very reminiscent of this movie. Um just about the same cycles of violence and poverty and, and drugs and but it's just so the contrast of such a big larger than life you know quote unquote evil character um a character that embodies is is very complicated and embodies a lot of evil qualities and then you know they're taken down by such little people <laughs> yeah well at least i mean in the case of omar he wasn't necessarily like an evil he's not like evil personified like uh, Lil z was just just to clarify his he was a very yeah morally sure. yeah he was like a morally gray character but yeah but we're not talking about the wire but go watch the wire please do yourself a favor greatest show of all time okay greatest show of all time that is not an exaggeration that is cold hard facts. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, back to City of God. Uh, yeah, I mean, Lil Z gets absolutely mag dumped, and it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm so done. And gets mag dumped by a bunch of five year olds, dude. I mean, skill issue, dude. I mean, what, what can I say? 
The amulet didn't protect you there, dude. I mean, the de- dude, Satan didn't protect you there. He was like, dude, I'm done with you. I'm onto the little kids now. <laughs> <laughs> little kids are my <laughs> demons. <laughs> and the film ends, you know, with with watching them, you know, plotting their their plan to take over their take over and be the next kingpins of the the city of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as and as that finishes, Rocket then introduces his real name. Uh, Buscape, forget his last name, but and then and then it says <laughs> bold and white. What does it say? Is this was a real story or something like mm-hmm. that? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, when we watched that for the first time, that I was revealed. blown away. Yeah. I went into it not knowing that. We all went into it not knowing that. Oh, yeah. I mean, the 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 marketing of the film, I mean, obviously we didn't watch a trailer or anything, but all we knew was the synopsis on the Letterboxd. But even then, like, that did not give any of that away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was going into it thinking, oh, it's like a fiction, narrative fiction. But no, yeah. it's real. This actually happened. All these people that we see are real people. Lil Z's real. Knockdown Ned's real. Rocket's real. His the tenor trio, real people. Benny, real person. Like these were real people that lived in Brazil and the city of God at this time. They did these things. Um and it's like, wow. I mean, wow. I mean, up until that point, the film was already cemented, in my opinion, as a masterpiece, one of the greatest films mm-hmm. I've ever seen in my life. But then that just literally like took it like over, over uh, up a notch. Like wow, I mean, talk about um, l- art imitating life, life imitating art. I mean, this is just you know the joke. It's like wow, that's so ludicrous. Even Hollywood wouldn't write it or whatever wouldn't make it. You know that phrase. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, you know, I was, I, w- I, I had, I was off, I was operating off the the mindset, like, yeah, this, what I'm watching right now, is real. Like the the these people may not be real, but there are people that have lived or living currently that are doing these things in this place. Um, like that's probably happened and probably is happening. But the fact that like all of this what we watched actually happened makes it even crazier. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> There's just something about that reveal mm. that's just like mind bending. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> I mean I That was great. That was a great movie. That was really freaking good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Weird weird to say that I enjoyed it, like, you know, considering it's mostly murder, but I did. I mean, it's just so good. <laughs> it's the murder. It's like a snuff film at times. Almost. <laughs> The violence is so crazy. Yeah, you know, I'm going on. It makes Tarantino films look like kid, kid movies look like watching Care Bears. It does. Very Tarantino-esque. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm sure Fernando was like influenced by uh well definitely Scorsese. I mean that's apparent. Um and probably Lyanne too to an extent, I'm sure. Like the way that it's shot with the handhelds and stuff. I'm sure he saw Lyanne and was uh influenced by that film. But yeah, I mean with the violence and all that. I mean it's not like cartoonish like Tarantino's violence because Turns his violence. Mm-hmm. He just turns the dial up to eleven and just like has the blood like freaking flying ten feet it's in the air. air and stuff like that. You know, makes it very showy and uh, makes it a spectacle. Whereas this, it's not a spectacle. It's like this is real. Mm-hmm. You know, and you get desensitized to it after a certain point. You saw so many people get killed. <laughs> You're like, oh, here we go, another another dude gets shot. Like you know, just another day, another day in the city of God. <laughs> yeah yeah it's crazy I mean there isn't really much else to say about it really isn't god I loved it it's amazing it's amazing and yeah two hours too the way yeah two hours yeah that's incredible I mean props props to everyone involved Everyone involved in the making of this. I mean, this is just like a tour de force of a film. Please go watch this because you will not be the same after. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is amazing. Well, well deserving of the four point five out of five that it has on Letterboxd, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well. On to the last segment, our final segment of the, of the show. Woo! <laughs> Quick segue there. Very good segue. I loved it. Yeah, very good segue. Was spectacular, Tristan. You are the one who selected today's. I did. I am. I am. I mean, okay. So. So I said, I said for the, the, the theme of this list, best historical epics. And so, uh, you know, I, I guess that's sort of vague, but when I think of a historical epic, I think of like a film that takes place sometime before like the turn of the century. So like pre 20th century. I guess is like a good a good way to put it. Is is that accurate? That's valid. I'll buy into that. Yeah, like pre twentieth century, so like nineteenth and before. I think is uh I think is a good like yeah this is a historical epic, and also epic in 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 itself is a genre. Um, so like it you is. know the most famous American epic film being Ben Hur. Although I've never seen Ben Hur. Um, but yeah, so stuff like that, stuff like that. So yeah, I don't have, I didn't make a list. I don't have time to make it, but I, I have the five films in my mind that I know I will talk about. Go for it. Um, So, I mean, if you want to go first or whatever, I go for it. You want me to go first? Yeah. 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 Okay, so I'm going to be riffing here. 
this is not ordered in any way. But let's say the first one is Ran by Akira Kurosawa. Um, that is, I mean, we talked about it on the pod. You know my feelings yeah. about it. It's a masterpiece, yeah. one of the best films. The best film I saw last year. Um, yeah, I mean, all around, just what can I, what more can I say? <laughs> Good move. That's fair. Amazing. Ran. Barry Lyndon, Stanley Kubrick. Okay. Uh, Three-hour gargantuan film uh, about a man by the name of Redmond Barry, who then becomes Barry Lyndon. It is a wonderfully charming film. You one of the most beautiful one of the most beautiful films you will ever watch in your life. Every shot looks like a painting. That is not an exaggeration. And I, I've got we gotta watch it. We gotta watch it. We gotta watch it. <laughs> You're hesitant, but hey, it's worth it. It's worth it. Barry Lyndon, amazing. Watching watching his rise to power and his subsequent fall from power and wealth. Just some of the most riveting storytelling you'll watch. Honestly, and this is a hot take, but I think it's Stanley Kubrick's best film. And that's the same guy who made 2001. Same guy who made, you know, The Shining. Um, Clockwork Orange. Um, Paths of Glory. You know, Full Metal True. Jacket. We're talking about one of the greatest filmmakers ever. Well, who I think is the greatest filmmaker ever. But yes, Barry Lyndon. That's that's number two. Number three. This one is like kind of cheating, I guess. I don't know if it's cheating or not. Um but War and Peace. This is the nineteen sixties Soviet version, which is broken up into four films, so four parts. Uh, yeah, War and Peace. Um, directed by Sergei, yeah, Sergei Bondarchuk. Um, yeah, four films. All four films are incredible. Um, this is a gargantuan film. Well, films. All it's like four hundred and thirty, four hundred and twenty-two minutes in totality. Um, this is an epic to rival like th this is like an unrivaled uh film i mean it's war and peace you know it's the great leo tolstoy novel um one of the most famous novels ever written and it's just amazing war and peace is amazing i cannot recommend it enough i really want to watch it in theaters but good luck trying to find a theater that is showing all four of them um you know with <laughs> uh in, in in succession like that but yeah it, it's on criterion so you know you can buy it um and and watch it it's also on hbo max so you can just watch it there but yeah war and peace incredible incredible film um one of the best so that's three correct yeah that's three what else um let's see let's see Mm, historical anchor. 
I mean, gosh. Wait, did I name three or four? Was that four or three? You did Ran, Barry Ran, Lyndon, and War and Peace. That's three. And War and Peace. Oh man. Um. Oh. I mean, I'm not that much of a historical epic person. Like, I mean, a lot of what I would consider period pieces I haven't seen yet. Um, like, I, I, I can't really say, oh, these are my fa- my top period pieces if I haven't, if I'm kind of just filling it out with the pieces that I've enjoyed, or at least yeah. even seen. Um, I mean, I'm not fielding a very complex, I haven't fielded a complex list for this. Oh, Andrei Rubliov, that's another one. We yep. just, we just talked about that. Yeah, that yeah, one, Andrei yeah, Rubliov. that made my list kind of by default. Yeah. And oh, Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai. There we go. Yeah, there we Seven go. Samurai. Yeah. Kurokoro Seven Samurai. What? I mean, Glad that's you just, that out. What, hasn't, what hasn't been said about that film that's already been said? I mean, for those that know about it, they know how great it is. They know how, <laughs> like, literally praised to the high sevens that film is. Although I do think Ran is better. Don't crucify me for that take, but I do think that is better. But yes, Seven Samurai. That's my, those are my five. Those are my five. Mackenzie, do you have a list, or were you not told about this ahead of time? Do I have a list? I was told very shortly before this, so I have not had time to prepare a list. That's um, understandable. Yes. I, I mean... I think some of the only period pieces that I can add to this conversation, because I have not, let's be honest, I've not seen five. Let's be real here. <laughs> like, I'm going to go on a, I'm going to go complete technicality and say Phantom of the Opera. Mm, okay. It is a movie, 2004, Gerard Butler and Emmy Rossum. Uh, they do, I, I do believe that Gerard Butler does the singing, but... Um, I don't believe him he does. But, I mean, technically it's a period piece. It's 1880s French opera. Uh, technically you could say that's a period piece. Yeah, it's true. You can't. I yeah, wouldn't no. call it a historical epic, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, but. hey, 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 I mean... Uh, might as well, dude, might as well. I, I also have had Andre Rublev down, um... Ran, I think, kind of fits in there by default, of course. I, I I, mean, I've seen it. I get why people like it. It wasn't my cup of tea. But Gladiator from Ridley Scott it was like, I, I see why people like that. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, it's not that good. Super bloody. Not a fan. But, yeah. yeah. Mid, mediator. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but... My, if, like, if we're going to rank it, this is number one. I mean, if this isn't a historical epic, I don't know what else it is. Uh, RRR. Oh, God. Of course. That, yeah, I mean, yeah. I've seen that movie twice now. It's fantastic. Oh, dude, I forgot about so that. Fun. Oh, snap. I say that counts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not pre twentieth century, but still it counts. It counts. Oh yeah, yeah I mean World War Two. World War Two is still like a period piece, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
like if you're gonna say 1970 isn't it like barely turn of the century isn't like close to turn like just yeah it's like 1920s yeah it's like old it's it's an old time period yeah we also possibly count there will be blood i don't know oh i don't know not present time it is a period piece a period piece amazing film oh yes Mm. historical Mm. epic well see like oh my god that's mm. (laughs) don't think don't worry we'll focus on historical epic boogie nights (laughs) (laughs) masterpiece there will be blood twos masterpiece okay (laughs) (laughs) don't get me wrong I love my I love my PTA. Everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love that man. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, that's that that well there I know there's like a specific definition for an epic, right? Like yeah. it is a genre on its own. Mm-hmm. Um it is. Like I'm I think sure... anything Oh. I know what you say. I was gonna say anything that I think sprawls over generations, definitely an epic. Like, could you say like like City of God is an epic? Technically, in a way, sort of. I would. Yeah. 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 It's. I mean, it's gotta, it's gotta be right. I mean, I'm no expert, but I wouldn't do that. No, you, you don't say that. Don't say that while while we're recording. Don't say that you're not an expert. <laughs> <laughs> well let me clarify i'm no expert on the uh, definition of epic i know i've seen epics but i don't know if i could classify city god as an epic you ever seen the, the two that i listed are considered historical epics so this is true you know there you go there you go so uh, you ever seen the 2013 animated film epic that's not an epic. No. <laughs> it's not an epic. Epic. Epic, dude. Yeah. Starring Aziz Ansari. <laughs> Anyways. This has been City of God. Oh, yes. Any any last words? Anything? Anything for people out there? Thanks for having me on, guys. This is so fun. Oh, of course. Of course. This movie, Thank you for coming back on. Of course. This movie is fantastic. I love it. From one of my favorites so far. Probably will continue to be for a long time. Mm-hmm. So go watch. Yes, go watch. Listen, listen to our recommendations. They're always great. Always great. Um, but yeah, thanks, thanks for coming on. It was fun. Of course. Yeah, love to love to hear your input here on the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, anything, anything to say, uh, Max? Any last words about City of God? I'm all tapped out. Just don't murder people, please. <laughs> <laughs> Oh jeez. I mean we don't have much for next week. We haven't thought about that yet. So surprise. <laughs> ah, we got there once we got there. <laughs> oh man. 
We'll, we'll, we'll surprise you guys. Don't worry. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. We always watch the good films, except for, you know, the... The, the one, bad films. The what? Once? The once, yes. The, the once. once. Yeah, the once time. The one time we did that. April Fool's. Yeah. <laughs> April Fool's. <laughs> yeah. Although that was that was that was an experience to watch them, but anyways, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll keep you guys in the loop for uh, what we're gonna be talking about next week. But as far as this week is concerned, that has been the City of God, Fernando Meirelles, two thousand two masterpiece. Please go watch it. Um, like, do yourself a favor, find two hours of the day. Watch this film. You will not regret it. I mean, you know, this discretionary warning. There is a lot of violence, as we very in- clearly indulged in uh, talking about. <laughs> it's disturbing to watch, but, you know, it. you get desensitized. I mean, we're all American. Well, f- for the non-Americans mm-hmm. here. Uh, this, this message is specifically for the Americans, because, you know, our media is obsessed with violence. So we're we're pretty desensitized to it. So, anyways, watch the film; it's amazing. Um, and yeah, that's been the Cinematic Odyssey here on United to the Moose. That's been City of God forever. Mm-hmm.